It's the Red Maryland segment with Greg Klein, covering all things political in the old line state, here on 92.7 WGMD, WGMD.com, and the WGMD app. All right, it's 7.50, and great joining us, courtesy of the Backyard Works Newsmaker line. Greg, good morning, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me again. You got it. And I do want to make mention tomorrow at 820, Maryland First District Congressman Andy Harris will join me uh, to talk about impeachment and more. Uh, Greg, you're a lawyer. I just wanted to get your take on the impeachment vote yesterday and and what you're predicting going forward uh, with uh, whether or not these articles make their way over to the Senate or not. Well, I don't know that it's much of a legal process, to be honest with you. It's clearly a partisan process that's going on and there's a lot of gamesmanship with, with holding it on. The Senate's going to dismiss it whenever they get a chance to do that, it seems. Uh, unlike your colleague, I don't, I don't expect really any Republicans to vote for removal. Uh, I think this is going to be a pretty strict party line with a couple of Democrats crossing over with the Republicans. The, the game is how it affects the president's reelection and, and, uh, whether the Democrats drag it out to, to keep this in the front of the news cycle is very likely. And we'll see what happens. Uh, Greg, switching to state issues, I wanted to ask, I, I saw yesterday and I did not get a chance to click on it, but is there another Democrat delegate that is stepping down or retiring from uh, Annapolis? Yeah, it was just announced this morning. Okay, um, okay. And, and, and I'm, I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's another delegate from Baltimore City who is retiring. It wasn't clear in the reporting that I saw in the Sun article this morning as to why. They were stepping down. Okay. Uh, but it is another resignation. You know, uh, there have been a number of resignations, and there's always different reasons given. Cheryl Glenn uh, is her name. Cheryl Glenn. Cheryl Glenn. Thank yeah. you. Uh-huh. Um, why, why this is happening, uh, we don't know why Delegate Glenn is stepping down. We've had some folks who've left to join county administrations. Obviously, we've had some scandals that people yeah. have had to resign. Right. Um, but – more and more, you you do see Democrats moving away from staying in the legislature as we move towards redistricting and 2022 and some of the divisive fights they're going to have with Kerwin and the, the impetus to raise taxes. I, I think I think there are more than a few Democratic members of the legislature that think now's a pretty good time to get out. Um, and it's interesting how that's going to affect the dynamic going into next year's session and going forward. Uh, to 2022. But let me ask you about that, though. Aren't, unfortunately, there enough votes in the legislature that they could override a redistricting map from the governor? Well, the way that it works, on the, and it's a little different when you talk congressional versus state. Yeah, I'm talking, uh, obviously, I'm talking state here, right? Right. So the, the governor issues a map, and the legislature has, uh, I, I think it's 45 days, someone will correct me, mm. um, to pass an alternative. Uh, the governor can veto that, so it would have to be overturned. If you assume all the Democrats had an alternative map and all of them stuck together in, in uh, sustaining a gubernatorial veto of their alternative, yes, the votes are there. But that's a pretty big if, and okay. that's a lot of where the game comes, particularly in the state Senate, because the governor's got a lot of you know carrots and sticks, and we'll talk a lot about this as we get there, mm-hmm. uh, as we move towards what that map may look like, you know. And, and what Senate leadership is going to look like if all the Democrats can can stay on board, if the if the governor can you know offer a couple of seats, do some log rolling, get just a handful of Democratic state senators to sustain his veto of a Democratic alternative, assuming the Democrats can get together and agree on an alternative on redistricting, which is going to be much harder uh, than than it's than it's been in the past. 
especially with new leadership. Uh, you know, redistricting is going to be a fascinating thing that we'll be talking about for a long time. Yeah. So well, look, nothing he's, is assumed. Yeah, he's not looking to gerrymander, but that said, Democrats have been unwilling to work towards fixing it uh, at either a congressional or state level for that matter. And that, so th- that said, I have certainly no faith that they're looking to work with the governor on this. But to your point, though, it is pretty involved. And you're right. It may end up causing some division within the Democrat Party where uh, then maybe he's able to get some folks on his side. Let's let's hope so, because, look, I don't want gerrymandering done. I, I want it to be fixed and for it to be fair. I realize the state is still going to be primarily blue, but where it can be fixed, I want to see it fixed. Yeah, and, and look, a lot of it's there's a lot of gamesmanship that goes into this. So the the governor is not going to present, and those who are suggesting this, this is probably a really bad idea. He's not going to he's not going to have a hyper gerrymandered map to help Republicans as much as possible. What he's likely going to put forward is something that's a bit more objective. Hopefully, something that gets rid of uh, multi member delegate districts that goes to single member delegate districts. Something that that more and more. Um, maintains boundary lines and community lines, something that, uh, as you point out, inevitably it's still going to, the Democrats are still going to have a, um, an advantage because right. that's just the electorate, but something that's a lot more objectively fair than what the Democrats are going to try to pass as an alternative, which they're going to try to do what they've done in the past, the hyper-partisan uh, map. That becomes a little tougher for uh, some Democrats, some of the good government Democrats in Montgomery County, um, some state Senate uh, members who are in marginal districts right now, who maybe the governor sweetens the pot a little bit to give them a little bit more security. I mean, those are all the games that can be played um, and coming together. And, of course, there's always the hard knock politics of, you know, when, when it's been a Democratic governor controlling this, that's a pretty big cudgel. Uh, and a pretty big carrot to offer to, uh, you know, Democratic members of the legislature when they're looking at the map. And, you know, there's always these great stories of people coming in with meetings with the governor and he's got this map behind him and they're talking about some other priorities. Um, <laughs> it'll be subliminal message. <laughs> yeah, not so subliminal. Uh, uh. It'll be interesting to see how that process works with a Republican in there and someone who's looking to, you know, who's not looking to. Uh, be as partisan as maybe the leadership in the General Assembly. Yeah. Greg, we have about three minutes. Greg Klein joining us on the Backyard Works Newsmaker line at RedMaryland.com segment. You have a piece called Peter Francho, who's the comptroller, of course, soap opera populist. Uh, fill us in. Uh, just give us a, a summation. We want folks to check that article out, but uh, give us a teaser on that one. Yeah, this is a great piece by Brian Griffiths, who, who pointed out that uh, Peter Francho, before he was against uh, the op- you know, before he was against expanding I-270 and some of the governor's other uh, road projects, was in favor of uh, some projects. The major opposition that he's announced is why he's he's hesitant to vote at the Board of Public Works meeting to support the governor's efforts to expand 495 and I-270 is because it would require some people's homes to be taken. Well, he didn't have a problem with taking people's homes when it was the purple line. And so... This is this is something that we're pointing out. You know, this is a guy who's positioning himself to run for governor. Uh, he had a big fundraiser last night in Baltimore City. Uh, well, and he's aligned himself with Governor Hogan a lot. But it was interesting to see the governor's Facebook page uh, post some articles about is Francho going to play politics or is he going to try to work on this? And I found all this. I was like, ooh, that's interesting to see uh, the governor uh, put, put that out there. Yeah, and I and I think what the gov and the point of the article, and I think some of the things the governor is hinting at, and and you know, I think the 
you know, the gloves may come off at some point. It's, yeah, looks it's, like they are. The, comp, the comptroller's been in favor of this stuff in the past. The comptroller's been on board with this. Now he's changing his tune, and there's only one reason for that, and that's trying to appease, you know, the hard left within the Democratic Party, which which uh, he, uh, he, I guess, re- thinks he has to, uh, has to appeal to and appease in order to get the Democratic nomination for governor. Great. We've got about 45 seconds. Fill folks in on what they need to know or be looking for here in the next week. Well, you know, it's going to be fairly quiet as we go forward uh, to, through the holidays and, and everybody's starting to ramp up for the coming session. We've got a couple great articles at Red Mail and people can check out. Um, there's a newly elected uh, teacher member of the, the State Board of Education. Turns out she was a shill for the Democrats <laughs> uh, in a campaign ad during the governor's race last year. You want to check that out. That's not been widely reported. You only know that if you come to Red Maryland. Um, really interesting piece about voter turnout, early voting and voter turnout. Uh, that was always sold as something that was encourage voter turnout. Turns out the facts and some new reports, Mark Unkefer has a report, um, that it's actually reducing voter turnout, not increasing it. Um, hmm. And people want to check that out. Uh, again, challenging the, the, the conventional wisdom on that stuff. And uh, a lot of good stuff, a lot of year-end wrap-up and review that we have at RedBarrel.com. Uh, Greg, if we can, I'm going to be off next Thursday. If we can, if we can schedule our get together for next Friday at 7:50 instead of Thursday, uh, that would be great, and we could keep uh, keep it going uh, one more before the new year. Sounds great. Love to. All right, sounds good. Greg, thank you so much. I want to wish you and yours a very happy holiday, and I uh, appreciate all your contributions. And we'll uh, we'll talk next Friday then at 7:50. Uh, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to you and your audience. Thank you. Merry Christmas as well. Appreciate it. Take care. Greg Klein of RedMaryland.com, Red Maryland on Facebook and Twitter. News is coming your way next. The Red Maryland Leadership Conference is coming up Saturday, January the 11th at the Doubletree Hotel in Annapolis. Be sure to attend Maryland's leading conference on politics, policy, and ideas. This conference sold out last year, so be sure to get your tickets today. Go to RedMarylandConference.com to secure your tickets. Once again, that's RedMarylandConference.com to secure your tickets to the 2020 Red Maryland Leadership Conference.